Welcome to the So To Speak podcast. I'm Christy Mandor, and I'm so glad you found your way here. As an energy leadership and mindset coach, I work with high achieving leaders and entrepreneurs to support them in getting out of their heads and back into doing the meaningful work that lights them up. In this podcast, you're going to be hearing conversations with leaders, creatives, entrepreneurs, trailblazers, and change makers who share their stories and strategies that help them to continue on when the inevitable mental quicksand comes to take them down. My hope is that by listening in on each episode, you leave feeling less alone and more relieved, reset, and reconnected with yourself and a possible shift in perspective that supports you in reigniting your passion and unwavering dedication to doing the work you came here to do. I'm glad you're here. Welcome back to the show. Today we are going to be jumping headfirst into creativity. And before you bring any thoughts that you have about the subject to the forefront of your mind, which probably is way too late because they come barreling in so quickly, our thoughts, I'm hoping that you challenge any previous definitions of creativity. That's my hope by the time you leave this conversation today. And when I say conversation, it's it's you and me. That's it. It is uh, really fun to think of podcasting as a way of having a conversation with you out there because that is what I love about doing this because I feel like I'm talking to you face-to-face and we're able to have a dialogue in some way by you responding and by you DMing and by you connecting with me, whether it be on social media or through email or through setting up a chemistry call, because that's what it's about. To me, hands down, creativity is connection, period, point blank. And it is connecting with yourself on a very deep level, like a soulful coming home, expansive level, and simultaneously connecting with other people. Because every time we go into that creative mode, it grants us the opportunity to not just have conversations internally with ourselves in ways that really light us up and bring us home, but it also creates a nonverbal connection and conversation with other people. And the reason that that is so important is because we are in such a deep epidemic of loneliness and so many people are suffering alone. So many people are living lives of quiet desperation and on the outside they have it all figured out on the inside it's nothing like that you may relate you may know someone who can relate so this is all about how can you create more than you consume and when i say create i'm not necessarily talking about doing we all are already doing enough we all know that creating is oftentimes very under appreciated with its stillness and allowing for ideas to come through you and for you creating the space to be able to listen in to what your heart, what your soul is saying to you. We have so much mind chatter And part of me feels like our mind and our egos take over so hardcore, almost as a way of 
protecting us from listening to our heart in some way. Because along the way, maybe when you listen to your heart, it was rejected or it was mocked or it was the, the people in your life may have been scared of what came through with your heart because they loved you and they didn't want anything to happen to you. And so they were like, be logical, get in your head and do something or be something that is more accepted in society. There are many reasons why we have stopped listening to our heart's call. And this is the ultimate goal for this episode and for the upcoming series that kicks off October 1st, this Sunday, called Create Like a Mother. We need more creativity to come from heart-centered people, period. We don't need any more destructive creativity in the world. And a lot of times our minds trick us into taking the reins when it comes to creativity instead of really listening into our heart because we get really nervous. Our minds protect us from being rejected, from looking like morons, from feeling like idiots, from all of these things that cross our minds. And at the end of the day, you listen to my conversation with my dear friend, Lisa Myers, which you can look at finding your magic. It's, it's back on the podcast, just a few episodes back. We talk about how we're all weirdos. All of us are weirdos. And the more that we can embrace that and acknowledge it and be okay with it, the better off we all are. And that comes from that lovely, oftentimes challenging self-acceptance. We hear about self-love all the time. I truly believe that it really is self-acceptance that leads to self-love. When we talk about self-love, it, it oftentimes is... Uh, it's like a, a package wrap around us that doesn't really allow us to go deeper within to see the parts of ourselves that can oftentimes be really hard to love. Let's be honest. So create like a mother is if you've been listening to the podcast, you have probably heard in the last few episodes that create like a mother is a series that came about when my kids were about eight years ago, my kids were little, little babes and I loved being a domestic goddess and being home and taking care of them. And at the same time, I didn't really have something that was my own and I could feel myself slipping away and I was not handling it in the best way and in the healthiest of ways. And when I paused to listen in, and it took a lot of courage to do that, I realized that I wasn't making time for myself to find joy in something that was for me only. And so much came up about that. Guilt, selfishness, that I had to earn it. You know, the good old, you don't get to have any fun until you do every single gazillion item on your list. And then you finally earn the joy when you're exhausted, <laughs> which is, I wonder if that has something to do, I, and I find myself doing it sometimes with my kids, but I just recently flipped that around. When we come home from school, so many of us, when we were kids, we would come home from school and it would be like, do work and then you can play. Do your homework and then you can play. And I feel like that might have, it was very good intention for sure, but it may have gotten into our minds in this way of play comes after doing any work whatsoever. And it's, it, I think we all can agree that it has, it, it, it's kind of lost its intention and flown off the rails. So now when my kids come home, I have them take 20 minutes to do whatever the heck they want to do and totally chill out. I don't even care if they stare at a wall 
which they haven't stared at a wall. However, when I give them the opportunity to, they sometimes do something very comparable and do nothing because they need to just shut off their brain. I also let them come home and let out one big scream because they have been in school and had to keep it together for so many hours. So if they need to come and let out a big scream, they can. So they, they do that for about 20 minutes and then, uh, then we get into homework. And we, you know, we all do it our own way, but I find that really helps with them chilling their brain out. And then oftentimes they choose to do their homework first because it's a choice. So it's all, all that's good. All of it works. But Create Like a Mother came from really wanting to start a conversation that I feel is oftentimes skirted over or it's just a, just a, around self-care, right? Especially when it comes to being a mom. It's this self-care. Yes, we've heard about the bubble baths and the mani-pedis and the going to have Prosecco brunches with your girlfriends and all of that is really fun. Believe me, I'm a huge fan of the beauty products and all the fun things that come along with it for sure. But it's so much deeper than that. Creative care is the ultimate self-care. So this series was created to bring in moms who are at all different stages of parenting and for them to share their story, for them to share any strategies they have at how they really tap into their creative care, what that looks like, why it's so important, and how it really is the essence of being able to unlock that divine feminine that we all have, which is where all of the creativity lives. Every single bit of it is in that space of receiving, right? If you're new to the idea of masculine and feminine energy, we all have it. It doesn't matter what gender you identify with. Masculine energy is the action. It's the doing. Feminine energy is the receiving. So to receive an idea, you know, we hear like, oh, I just came up with an idea. Came up with an idea. It comes up. It comes up through you. It doesn't, or it drops down into you. It doesn't come into your head. It comes up through you, through your heart, through your gut. And it's received by you. It's received by you. Then the masculine energy comes in and puts it to action. One without the other doesn't work. And we are so over the top, over indexing in masculine energy. Everybody is with the doing, 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 doing that we're depleting ourselves. So I have so many clients who have hit all the classic metrics in society. They have great families. They have great partnerships, some of them, and they have reached all their career goals and they feel hollow. There's something in them. It's like, it's, it's, it's a small size in diameter, but it's very, very heavy and it grows. And it's the sense of, I've done all the things that I was told to do to be satisfied and to be happy. Why do I still feel an emptiness? And I am here to tell you, it is because we are not learning how to really prioritize our creative care. And if we did that and we normalized it, the world would be in a totally different place because we'd have so many more heart-centered people like yourself taking courageous chances to bringing heart-centered creations into the world. So create like a mother, bringing guests on all different stages of motherhood so that they can share ways that they keep their creative care alive and that they can also just like 
give us a sense of community and connection and more, more relief than feeling that you're the only one who has been feeling maybe alone. Because I can tell you, I absolutely, for a very good majority of my life, have dealt with depression and anxiety. And I have hidden it to a degree, but I don't think that well. I self-medicated for a very long time, and that did not help at all. And I still struggle with that. I still have moments where parts of me are, you know, old habits die hard kind of thing. And I have to really work on it. So that's why a huge part of the work I do with you is also me putting it to practice because I realize that it works and I realize that it's hard and I realize that we are not meant to go at it alone. You may have heard me say before that it doesn't just take a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a human. And when you find people who you can really trust and connect with, that immediately creates a space where you can feel safe in your body and be more present and get out of your head and get out of the thoughts that are swirling through your mind and causing you to then feel certain ways that you don't want to feel, even if they're familiar, because we love the familiar, even if it's crummy, which I'll get into in future episodes. And then if our thoughts are running the show that aren't helping us, but are really critical, it's going to create the feelings, right? Because the chemicals from our thoughts go into our body, create the feelings, and then it inevitably will create the action or non-action that comes from that. We got to stop that. And the way we stop that is by becoming safe in our body, meaning that we can sit with whatever we're feeling without wanting to rush to something to numb it out, whether it be our head or whether it be something outside of us. And a lot of that comes from being with people who we feel safe with. And the more that you can learn how to do that, whether it's with someone professional, a coach, a therapist, the more you'll be able to sit with yourself when you're feeling the discomfort and move through it. And that is why I'm a huge fan of having the personification posse worksheet that I'll drop below be a partner in crime here because we have so many different selves in us. You might call them parts. You might call them selves. You might call them characters. And it creates a sense of First of all, you don't feel as alone because as cuckoo bananas as it may sound, I'm not talking about multiple personalities. That's a whole other, that's completely out of my wheelhouse. I'm saying that when you realize that you do have different selves within you and different characters within you, you feel less alone because you are able to learn how to speak to them and really see them. So all the reasons that we may not be creating in some way, if you stopped looking outside of yourself and started looking in yourself at what part of yourself are you not looking at, you will feel so much more peace inside and such a stronger sense of self-acceptance, which is so challenging. It's so challenging. It's so challenging. And I'm telling you that because I do it and I'm doing it. Like it's, it's just hard. And that is what leads to self-love. Like we hear self-love all the time and it kind of has been diluted because it was the it, the it phrase for a very long time. It still is. I believe self-love is self-acceptance. When you can accept yourself, all the different parts of yourself and really look at them and see them and not want to put them in a closet and shame them away then you have so much more ownership over your life and you're not giving away 
who you are to anybody else because who you are is not up for grabs. It's up to you. And it's something that I truly believe in. It's something that I struggled with for a very, very long time. I was such an approval junkie. I was an incredible, you know, overachieving underachiever because I didn't want anybody to feel threatened. I had such a fear of success that that meant that people were going to hate me and that I was going to be this horrible, selfish person. So what did I do? I just kept doing things to self-sabotage to be mediocre because I felt like that was safer and I was miserable and I didn't know why I was miserable and still, and, until I started looking inside and realizing I am not really facing parts of myself that I don't like. I'm just not looking at them. And the irony of it is they're the ones running the show. So the more you look at them, the less they will feel the need to take the reins because they will feel safe that the higher self of you, right? Like that higher parent of you, the higher coach, whatever you want to call it, is there to take care of them. And it might sound a little out of the norm for you right now. And that's why I put the chemistry call down below the link there, because if it's piquing your interest, even if it seems a little out there for you, jump on a chemistry call with me. We can see how we can work together. I have so many different offerings for so many different price points and also for your needs. Like, what do you need? We can figure it out. And if it's not me, chances are I know someone else who it could be. So there's that. So a little bit of a tangent, but necessary because oftentimes when we are not hitting that creative space and that creative care, it's because one of those selves is telling us not to do. It's like literally physically holding us back. It's like a, it's like, you know, you, you have like a super strong Avenger baby inside that has all of their might holding you back and they have way more strength than you do. And that has to stop. So one thing that I will, I'll put this resource down below. There are so many different ways that you can start listening in. So my first offer here that can really benefit when you're like, you know, something in this resonates with me and I do want to start creating something, but I don't feel creative or I am very creative, but I feel really scattered about it and I, I don't finish projects or whatever, wherever you fall in the creativity spectrum, because we all fall somewhere. One of the best places to start is to create space. So to create internal space, to shut off your mind and to drop in to your body so that you can listen into your heart and begin to notice what it feels like and inch by inch get more comfortable with what's going on inside. And then you will begin to slowly turn towards the different selves that are popping up. Creating the space is huge. That, that's a huge piece of it. What can help you create the space, okay? What can help you create the space? Meditation, of course. If meditation is not your jam, I say even try it for five minutes. Try it for two breaths, just taking two deep breaths and saying, you can say that you are inhaling a breath and you're exhaling a breath. You can keep it simple. You can even count one for an inhale, two for an exhale, three for an inhale, four for an exhale, up to 10 and stop and just check in and see what's happening. And if you're someone who's not used to being in your body, like noticing what's happening neck down, you're probably going to notice that it feels a little scary. Like it might feel a little panicky. 
And if that happens, what you can do is you can put your hand on your heart and tell yourself, I am safe. You can even say you are safe. I've mentioned that before in an episode. It's one of my favorites. You don't even need to know who you're talking to. You don't need to know which self you're talking to. You can just say to yourself, you are safe and you can lift your feet up and then ground them down. Even better if you can actually take your feet bare and put them on grass because there's the whole earthing and grounding technique that has been proven to significantly help with anxiety and stress when you can put your bare feet right on mama earth and take some inhales and take some exhales and just build from there and just get used to it. Just get used to it. And the more space you create in your body, the more you will be able to listen and notice when things pop up and you get the inner nudge that we oftentimes dismiss because we're like, you're inconvenient. I have work to do. I'm an adult. I don't have time for that. And the nudge is going to keep growing. So you can either pay for it now, pay for it later. You can either listen to it now or listen to it later when you have more regret and it's a heavier side of regret of having not listened to it before. And there's certain ways. So in addition to creating the space and meditating or breathing or earthing, you can also do, if you're familiar with EFT, it's gained a lot of scientific backing with that. That's the emotional freedom technique with tapping. You're tapping on acupressure points. I find it helps significantly. You can try it out. It's, you know, your mind is going to tell you one thing. So if you're feeling like this is not working, you're blocking it. That's okay. It might not be for you. But if you're willing to just go, you know what? And th this is why I love EFT. And I'll tell you this too. And I'll put that down below. One of my favorites. The reason I love EFT tapping is because I love anything that shuts my brain off or temporarily allows me to like leave it for a minute and someone else tells me what to do because I'm so in my head so frequently that when I have any nonverbal that allows me to like an opportunity, it feels like a vacation. So EFT, you're just tapping, you're following, the, the person will show you and guide you what points to tap on your body. You can do it fully clothed. This is not something like you know, where you can't be fully clothed, you can do it in the car, you can do it in your office, you can do it anywhere. And they tell you, they guide you with verbal too. So you just have to just follow along. And if you're someone who is a high achieving leader or entrepreneur, you're probably so used to giving direction and making decisions that it's such a joy to not. It is such a joy to not. So that's why I love EFT and I can physically feel it. So if you're a feeler, I say jump on the EFT bandwagon. All right. Massage is another one. Massage seems like a luxury. Sure. But it actually gives you that opportunity to completely shut off your mind and move the energy through your body. So when you have someone there who's helping move energy through your body, it creates more space. So that's an option. And then breath work, of course. So if you can find a Breathwork facilitator. It has been something that if it's your jam, it works wonders. I spoke with Jen Liss, who is a certified breathwork facilitator. You can find that in the episode. I believe it's like three episodes before this, maybe four. And she's also on Instagram and you can check out her website. All that info is in the show notes for her episode as well. And she, I think, has like a six-week breathwork package that you can buy. 
So you can find that if you're interested in just dipping your toe in there. So anything to get you into your body, out of your head, will create space, which is the first step for you to create. Even in the world of like, just do it and go for it and just get started, I understand. But for you to create the momentum to sustain it, you're going to have to create space because you can get started on anything, but if your mind takes over, you're probably not going to follow through on it for too long. So make sure that you're creating the space so that you can set yourself up to win. The last thing I'll say is that the Relationship Handbook by Shakti Gawain is so good and there is a whole section, I have it right here, and I'll put it down below. It's a chapter called Exploring Common Selves. And so it takes this whole idea that we've been talking about with like create, creating the characters and creating the selves that we have. And not even really creating them, but just acknowledging which ones are in us and which ones are talking. And then really bringing them to life so that you know who you're talking to when they pop up. She has them all in here, uh, and they're, they're in so many different ways that you can relate to. You know, she talks about the protector and the controller. She talks about the inner critic, the pusher, the perfectionist, the pleaser, the rule maker. Um, what else is there? The rationalist and the knower, the competent one, and we have all of them. Some are more prominent than others. But oftentimes they will rev up when we're trying something new. So you know which one revs up when you're trying something new to keep you safe. And safety doesn't necessarily mean growth. Oftentimes safety means familiar. And it, it doesn't necessarily make sense. But we are wired to be safe. We are not wired for success. We have to make success happen and make space for it to happen and remind our bodies that it's safe to grow and it's safe to move into the unfamiliar because safety to all of our bodies, no matter who you are as a human, is familiarity. Even if the familiarity doesn't feel great, it's certain. You know it. You're familiar with it. So it feels more comfortable. So it's something that you need to work on if you are interested in working on that so that you can create a bit more room to bloom, room to be able to expand, and room to be able to create a tolerance for that in-between when you're starting to expand and you're starting to move out of your comfort zone and not to snap you back to temporary safety, which oftentimes is self-sabotaging. So, I'm interested to know what you are going to put to work. Which one of these are you interested in either dipping your toe in or maybe there was something that you're like, oh my gosh, this is something I remembered, but I just haven't done it in a while. What's that? Is there something that was shared that had you look at it from a different perspective? Is there something that I shared that just sparked something in you that made you think of something that I didn't say at all, but you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try that. I forgot that was something I love to do. I don't know how I forgot and I don't know how I stopped doing it. Awesome. I want to know. So be sure to DM me on Instagram, DM me on LinkedIn, send me an email. I'll put all that info down below. And also I'll put the get ahead of your head info down below. That's my eight week course that is kicking off on October 2nd, this coming Monday. And there's still room. It's going to be a small group. I'm going to cap it at eight. 
because I really want everybody to have time to learn the different energy levels and also feel into each of the energy levels. Get ahead of your head is for high achieving leaders and entrepreneurs who are tired of living in their head and are ready to get out of their head and get back into their heart and in their life so that they can continue to achieve what they want to achieve, but in a way that is completely true to them and is very fulfilling in a very unique way. So all that info will be down below. Um, and I'm so excited to kick things off this Sunday, October 1st, Create Like a Mother with Allie Ryan of Kindful Art. Allie is an incredible human being, and she shares her story of how she got into using nature and seeing the beauty in nature and and having that inform and inspire her to create these miraculous and absolutely stunning art pieces. So definitely stay tuned for that Sunday, October 1st, and I'll see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the So To Speak podcast. If you found some insight or some useful nuggets in this episode, I want to hear about it. So make sure to connect with me on Instagram, on LinkedIn at Christy Mandor. Also go ahead and share it with anyone else you feel could benefit from the messages in this episode. And while you're at it, go ahead and throw up a rating and a review wherever you're listening in from, which helps significantly in other people learning about the podcast because it takes all of us to get ahead of our heads. I'll see you next week.